Fantasy Fam. Week one's over, week two's over, and now week three is officially done. What a week. Guarantee you, a lot of a lot of you are sitting there. I know I am, and I know you are too, Kile. Uh, what what the hell happened last week with so many players that you probably sat? So, like, Stefan Diggs, if you were somebody that sat Stefan Diggs, you know, raise your hand right now. I saw him sat in a couple leagues. Um, President accounted for, I sat Stefan Diggs, and I actually won, so I ended up... That was one of the only big money ones that I won this week, so I went one in five in those leagues. Oh, very um, nice. Not a good... Not a good week, but Stefan Diggs is one of the guys that I sat and paid the price for. So, what a game! Don't do it again. What a game! What's funny is he can have games like that, like all the time, though. And yeah, he's he's one of the he's a top under he, for me. He's one of the most underrated players uh, in football. He's top five for me. He can run after the catch. He's got blazing speed. He can catch the ball at the highest point. Um, and it really doesn't matter who his quarterback is, apparently. Oh, oh, so. I mean. <laughs> And that's probably exactly why you sat him, along with many others, because Casey Keenum had a terrible, terrible debut last week and then decides to have an encore of over 300 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, he had, himself, he had himself a nice day. Very, very nice day. Another guy you probably sat, Jordan Howard. First two weeks, nothing. Uh, you're raising your hand again. Did you? Did you also I am say Jordan, my, I am Jordan my hand Howard? Again. I saw, I sat Jordan Howard as well, and I lost that one. So, <laughs> yeah, I started. I forget who I even started in his place. It wasn't anybody good, I can tell you. CJ2K. Oh that's who it was. They had a 30 point difference, I think, in fantasy this week. <clears throat> yeah, Jordan Howard had no reason to start him. I mean, he's been pretty brutal for the past week, week two weeks of the season. Um, he's been average at best, um, and I had no reason to start him. And then all of a sudden he comes out and puts up 138 and two touchdowns um, against a good Steelers defense. So granted, the Steelers looked like crap. Yeah, they but did. it was—is it a coming out party for Jordan Howard? Is it the—is it the mere fact that the Bill, uh, the Bears were in the game for most of the game um, that he was, you know, an integral part of it? Who knows? It's an unfortunate part of fantasy unless you play in best ball leagues. Uh, it's about starting and sitting is probably the hardest thing you'll do besides the draft. On the other hand, you also have people like, oh, well, I'm going to start Trevor Simeon this week. And he laid an egg. Or... Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> he did not have a good game. Uh, he did God. not have a good game. 200-something yeah. yards, two they picks. They sucked. The Broncos were absolutely awful against the Bills. That um, game was just Simeon awful didn't look, But he threw, the first of all, he threw the ball 40 times, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, CJ Anderson was involved in almost as many snaps as Jamal Charles would, which is also ridiculous. Um, why would you not go with the hot hand and CJ Anderson after coming off last week? And uh, I was just kind of surprised because last week I was telling everyone how, you know, Trevor Simeon is a good pickup for the season, especially as, you know, a number two quarterback. And he just, he kind of disappointed. Um, do I think he's going to do it every week? No. Um, he's going, he has weak competition in the NFC, in the AFC West at this point when it comes to passing defenses. So I think he's a pretty good start on a weekly basis, but it happens. Be cautious. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a matchup I would have picked to be cautious on, but hey, yeah, true. it happens. The Bills exactly. looked pretty decent, I guess. Yeah, they did. So. How about the Saints are not a good team away from the Superdome, so what the hell are you doing, Cam Daddy? Cam, Raise your hand if you started Cam. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. <laughs> Cam Newton, man. I don't know what. He needs to get his shit together, though. 
I saw a play breakdown from uh, Brian Baldinger on Twitter, who I like very much on NFL Network. Um, and he was showing one of the plays. He slowed it down to speed for Cam. And I forget who was in the slot. It might have been McCaffrey at this point. It might have been, I don't know who it was, but somebody was coming out of the slot as he's dropping back and they're just swarming him. The Saints are absolutely swarming him. And he, McCaffrey is wide open. Like, I know their offensive line isn't great, and Cam takes a lot of big hits, but Cam just looks lost out there. He has McCaffrey wide open at just a dink and just dunk it off to him, and he's gone. He's going to make plays. And for some reason, Cam is just taking too long to process plays, taking too long to, you know, find an open receiver, uh, and he's not running the ball. So he has zero value to me at this point when he's not running. Do you bench him going forward? Depends who my backup is. I forget who it is on that team. Uh, if it's if it's a decent backup that I can trust, then sure. I mean, if it's Andy Dalton, then probably not. Um, if it's you know Simeon at this point, maybe. But Cam doesn't. It's not that I, I even want him to look like the MVP Cam. I just want him to look like Cam Newton, and he doesn't look like either of them. And they're two and so. one, surprisingly. That's because their defense is phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's because Luke Kukli can only do so much. Yeah, well, also, their secondary is supposed to be miserable, and they've played pretty they played pretty, pretty well. Pretty well, well before the except Saints. for this last game, yeah. <laughs> yeah, before the Saints. Um, but, yeah, some some big disappointments this, this uh, in Week 3. A pretty serious injury. Uh, Darren Sproles breaking his arm and tearing his ACL on the same exact play. Just one is bad enough, but... It ha- it had to be both. Yeah, especially for an older guy, it's it's not a it's not a good sign. Let me tell you that. That is awful. Um, I I did actually see the play, even though I was I was watching that game. I did not see the play happen, but from from what I saw after when I watched the the, the highlights, it was it was bad. Um, I, I tearing your ACL is is terrible, but to break your arm in the process as a pass catching running back. So he is, and uh, this is not going to be easy going forward. Um, next season, I don't know how it's going to look for him because he is an older player in this league and he has a lot of miles on him. But I just hope him speedy, you know, wish him a speedy recovery, and I hope they, you know, take care of one at a time, his arm and then his, you know, ACL or vice versa. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> because I'm still in shock <laughs> about that. That's very sad. A great player too, Sproles, one of the best receiving backs in the game. Yeah, and I mean we'll touch up on we'll touch upon some players who who might be nice waiver wire pickups if they're not picked up already to target for the Philadelphia Eagles Ooh. in his place. Keep listening to find out. So for right <laughs> now in the this section of the show, we're just gonna touch up and discuss top performers of week three. So to start off, I really hate to bring him up, but I figure we just get him out of the way. Uh, Tom Brady being Tom Brady. 378 yards, five touchdowns. Enough said. <laughs> and came back from almost losing to the Deshaun Watson Houston Texans. What? Where? What? In Foxborough. I actually Houston, watched that uh, whole game. Houston looked really good. I mean, their defense. They did. Surprisingly. The defense. Yeah, the, given the fact that they did let up 36 points, the defense actually looked pretty good. Lamar Miller is my biggest disappointment, and I don't even want to talk about him. But that game, the game in all, in total, was I thought it was a very, very good game. I watched the last like four or five minutes of the game. Um, Tom looked terrific, and I hate Unreal. him. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> I, I, 
I think that for me, the bigger one is, is Brandon Cooks. Um, I think he was my star of the week. What he finally game. had his coming out party for the for the New England Patriots. He had his coming out party, and he looked amazing, especially with those two feet in bounds on that last play to score the touchdown. What a catch. Uh, it's, this is the New England, yeah, New England offense, and there's nothing else to say. They looked fantastic, and I think they're going to keep doing so. Another quarterback that had an incredible bounce back game, probably one of the best games he's had in his career, but he ends up losing Russell Wilson. Phenomenal, phenomenal performance by Russell Wilson against Tennessee. But they lost. Finally. 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 Yes. Yeah, Russell Wilson looked great. Uh, his offensive line gave him some more time to throw. He made some great plays. Uh, Doug Baldwin, before getting hurt, was having a stellar game. Very good. Um, game. That's another. Yeah, that's another guy who people weren't sure to start because even though Tennessee doesn't have the most picturesque defense, Russell Wilson hasn't been great lately. So Doug Baldwin has paid the price for it. Uh, but if you did start him, you benefited. He put up twenty six points, I believe, in in PPR leagues. Uh, he had a great game. Russell Wilson finally had a great game, and the Seahawks played well. I mean, their defense isn't the same, but. Yeah, but I, I think that this was a good first step in proving to fantasy owners that Russell Wilson was worthy of his draft position. Kirk Cousins, thank you. Finally, 365 yards, three touchdowns. What a game against the Raiders. First of all, the Raiders should be they should be embarrassed. They I don't even think they, they are had, embarrassed. They didn't even have a total of a hundred offensive yards. Chris Thompson had more yards than the entire Raiders offense. This one's even tough to talk about because I lost by, like, four points in, like, two leagues because Michael Crabtree mm. decided to just not show up. No one. Um, no one showed up. Kirk Kirk looks, Kirk looks great. Terrell Pryor still looks lost out there, and I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the fact that they don't want to get him the ball. Maybe it's because they want to include Chris Thompson and Jameson Crowder in there more. But Terrell Pryor is on the field for almost every snap, and for some reason his stat lines just don't reflect it. He's not getting um, thrown to Chris him Thompson. At all. Yeah, Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson for me. I've I've heard on so many shows, you know, you got to be cautious of Chris Thompson. No, Started you do not have to be cautious about Chris Thompson. Week. He is a, he he is in a running back two at this point, especially given the fact that Rob Kelly was hurt. Samaji P Ryan is still a rookie. Chris Thompson has such ridiculous burst, and that's what I loved most about him. He can catch the ball, and then he finds a seam, and he is gone. He is fast as all hell. So. First of all, the Raiders. I don't even want to talk about them. They have no relevance to this episode whatsoever. Oh. They they should they shouldn't be talked about. I did. I had them, but I won already, so it didn't matter. Yeah, I think I started them on one team and lost. <laughs> That's awful. So, our last quarterback of this particular section, Deshaun Watson. Is is he someone that you potentially would look for? As maybe a backup. I mean, not, Patriots. Granted, their their defense is not that good this year, but it was in Foxborough. Big game, rookie coming in there. Um, he looked. He looked pretty. He point, looked pretty good. He looked pretty good at certain times. He did. He did. He looked. He looked good enough. But as for the the question of would I draft? Would I you know draft him? Would I would I pick him up or can? consider starting him based on the matchup um it for me right now it's a it's a pass uh, i would rather pick up jared goff i think jared goff has a little bit more upside uh, he's been playing very very well um his team has been in almost every game for the most part and he's looked really well you know he's looked like a good quarterback 
So Deshaun, while Deshaun Watson, I think, looks very very good in this game, I just, I'm not sure I trust it. You know, the rushing yards will be there, and I'll get the points. And I'll get the points from those rushing yards. You could get you a rushing touchdown. He had 40 in this game. Um, I don't know. For me right now, it's a no, but it could change if Watson were to put up another game like this going forward. Continuing on to two running backs, just want to throw it out there because I don't think anyone's really mentioned them or they're just quietly putting up big numbers because Kareem Hunt is there. First of all, there's no slowing him down right now. We'll just touch upon him in a second. But Todd Gurley and Devonta Freeman, applause to you guys. Every single week, they've just been top performers. I am lucky enough to have both of them on the same team. Yeah, that's a nice one-two tandem. Um, Todd Gurley was my was my hopeful candidate for a bounce-back year this past draft season, and I was right. I don't think I'm. You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's official because it's only been through three weeks, but he's looked great. And the only reason I was, you know, huge on him this season is the workload. You know, Sean McVay was coming in there. Sean McVay has a great offensive mindset, and it's shown for Jared Goff and for Todd Gurley. But it was all about the workload. He was going to get his 250-plus carries, almost, you know, maybe 300 carries. He was going to get his 40 to 50 receptions. And to me, that's worthy of a, you know, mid-second-round pick. But if he's going to be putting up four yards per carry or four and a half yards per carry, he's going to be worth way more. Way more. Um when he's yeah, when he's getting his two touchdowns the game, he had three touchdowns in this game, uh, but with five receptions again, um, 113 yards on the ground. So I, I just he is a must start every week. He's looked fantastic out there, and I was high on him as a running back two, fringe running back one, with the workload I was expecting him to get and three and a half yards of carry. And if he's going to be putting up four to four and a half yards of carry, then sign me up. I think he's number two right now. I mean, there's that's uh, Kareem Hunt obviously is number one, right? I was gonna say, well, behind our next running back to discuss, Kareem Goodwill Hunt, ing. No, it's Kareem the Dream. Kareem the Dream. <laughs> All right, we'll go with it. So <laughs> he's making defenses look real, real stupid this year so far. I, I will say, yes, I'm a Cowboys fan, but Zeke Zeke looked awesome last year as a rookie. But what what Kareem Hunt is doing this year is unreal anything short of spectacular it i don't i really don't know what what it's going to take to stop this guy i mean it's going to take a lot that's the problem (laughs) it's going to take so much to stop him he put up 10 yards per carry this week 10 yards how many how many carries did he have he had 17 17 mind you how many many, uh, receiving yards on the ground how many receiving yards (laughs) he only had one reception he only had one reception for 11 yards didn't matter but to me it didn't matter right it, it did not matter because when he has 172 yards on the ground and a touchdown i mean i just i can't stop watching him play his burst is unbelievable it's amazing he looks so good out there their offense looks fantastic out there i just i mean he's averaging over his first three games is averaging 8.5 yards per carry that is unbelievable <laughs> And it's not like it's not like he had like a 13 yards per carry game and then like a three. He every he had game. Eight point eight point seven, 10.1. It's unbelievable. And he's doing this on minimal carries. He's doing this on 17 or under. But that's because he's involved in the passing game. He's getting his touchdowns. I mean, he has six total touchdowns already. He has 137 yards to the air and 401 yards on the ground. I mean, this is unheard of. Like he's a rookie who's putting up numbers that he, he's he's heading for 2,000. 
I mean, I'm not going to jinx them, but this is this is unfathomable to me. Wow. Uh, he keeps this up. I mean, he keeps I this up. He's he's breaking the uh, the all-purpose record, hands down. I'm yards from scrimmage. His yards from scrimmage is going to be it's ridiculous. And he's doing it with a good offensive line, not a great one, but they look really good out there. I mean, I, I think the Chiefs' offense as a whole is one of the storylines for me for through the first three weeks. There's all, their whole offense. The looks, whole team is playing uh, great. I was just about to say that. Everyone was so worried about this team in the last few years. You know, they have a good defense, but the offense is, you know, okay. They look like you the have team to beat. a top tight end. Right. You have a top tight end in Kelsey. You have a top, in my opinion, a top 10 to 15 wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. And you have basically the number one running back right now in fantasy. And Alex Smith it's, is actually playing I, smart and football Alex Smith right looks now. very good. I mean, he's, he, I just, I don't see them declining anytime soon. You know, if there's an injury, God forbid, then, you know, you, you take it from there. But the Kansas City offense is is a must start every week at this point. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care. I really don't. It doesn't matter what defense they're playing. Start them all. They make plays. They have they have playmakers. Demarco Murray is getting a lot of crap last week. Oh my God, is he still the number one? Blah blah blah. Derrick Henry had a good game. Blah, blah, blah. So Demarco Murray had 14 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. So shut up. He is still the number one guy there. <laughs> he showed us exactly why he's the number one guy there. What are your thoughts on DeMarco he's, Murray? This is uh, – he's awesome. He really is. Yeah, I mean I still love DeMarco Murray. I have people – you know, I have chatter around that I've read that's, you know, is DeMarco done? I mean, yeah, he is on the downside of his career. There's no doubt about that just based purely on age. On age, yeah. But – on a guy that has the has the talent to be a top twelve back, to be a, a running back one, it's it's insane that people are giving up on him. You know, were they expecting him to to put up this type of game? No. You know, the only thing I would be cautious of is the fact that he did only have fourteen carries and he made the most of them. Don't get me wrong. Of course. I mean, he was super course. efficient with super super efficient with those carries, um, averaging what you know ten plus yards per carry, but not ten yards. Hold on, was it? He averaged about eight and a half yards. I think per carry, I mean, unbelievable. But for me, it's just, it's about the offense as a whole. When Mariota looks good, when the offense looks good, I think DeMarco looks good. And, you know, the last few weeks, Tennessee has looked okay. They've looked like a decent offense, but nothing in sync. And I think that now that DeMarco had a game like this, I think his confidence now gets boosted. Um, and people need to slow the roll on, their roll on uh, Derrick Henry. I like Derrick Henry. He's still the running back, too, on that team. DeMarco Murray's more comfortable in that offense. He is a staple in a, a staple in that offense. And I think he's going to be for the rest of the season. Now, for wide receivers, the top, top guys showed us exactly why they are the top, top guys. <coughs> you have An Antonio Brown, solid game. A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald, Brandon Cooks, Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton. And then there were some other guys trying to make a name for themselves and whatnot. Sterling Shepard, big game. Yeah, Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard both had some nice games after not performing as well the past two weeks. Um, they both looked very good out there. Eli, that's because Eli looked for the first time all season has looked like a you know a good a good quarterback, An actual quarterback. Um, um, so it was it was cool to see some guys that you know are those fringe wide receiver three flex options that you haven't really been able to trust as much the first two weeks. Um, have some good games, and some of them benefited from big plays. I'm not going to deny that, but big plays translates to 
more, fantasy points. More points. And while you don't want to re- right, you don't want to rely on big plays because if those aren't there, then they're not relevant players. But I, I think they're still necessary to talk about. You know, Geronimo Allison, who we said would fill in for Randall Cobb, had a really good game. While he did have you know that one play over seventy yards, he did put up you know a decent game. But the other one to talk about for me is Pierre Garcon. Brian Hoyer hasn't been great the first two weeks, but he did have a good game against the Rams. He had a very good uh, game. Pierre Garcon was Pierre Garcon was an interesting one because I I would have sat him this week. He was going to be matched up with Tremaine Johnson. And Tremaine Johnson is to me one of the top five cornerbacks in the league. But he showed he had a good game. I mean Pierre Garcon lit up the scoreboard. He didn't get a touchdown, but he did have seven receptions for 142 yards. So that's a solid fantasy week. Twenty plus points in fantasy in uh, PPR. Standard or PPR, just, it's a good there, game. This was a great week of uh, for scoring. So if you had a lot of these players that put up big points, you won your leagues easily. You know, we saw a lot of teams over 30 points this week. I think there was 10 teams that scored over 30 points this week, which is huge. When scoring is high, fantasy scoring is high. It's pretty easy. It's <laughs> it's pretty evident. And I think in those times, in those situations, it's mostly going to, you know, when there's high scoring games, it's going to be big on the, on the wide receivers. So I think, you know, a t- big bounce back week from T.Y. Hilton was awesome. You know, without Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton for me is a wide receiver three option. And he put up a great week. I mean, oh. he looked he looked like a top six wide ridic- receiver. ridiculous how well he played. Yeah, he looked he he showed you why he is that good. I mean, just play up. He just making plays after the catch that could that blew my mind. Um, so for me, it was nice to see players that I was kind of uneasy about over the past few weeks um shine and it was nice it really is because now i gained a little bit more trust in them especially at the wide receiver position because for running backs i think we're all kind of not set but we're more we're more relying on those running backs that we have to get the points that we need from them but wide receivers we we want to throw a you know a dart and see who's you know see what sticks you know we want to see who can score us the most points on any given week and I mean, Stefan Diggs, great game. Brandon Cooks, great game. Um, Sterling Shepard, great, great game. Doug Baldwin, great game. I mean, the list is endless. I mean, even Travis Benjamin put up 100 yards receiving. So this is why I stress so much to fantasy owners that when drafting to rely on getting those solid running backs in those first two or three rounds because you can build through the draft for wide receivers – Every wide receiver, almost every wide receiver at least, is going to have a top 12 to top 24 week, you know, and you don't need to get, you know, we've seen the first two weeks of the season that, you know, Julio Jones said good weeks, but not great. You spent the top six picks on him too. So that's my only thing is that, you know, use the waiver wire for your wide receiver pickups. There's plenty of guys that are probably out there that you can pick up and just play the matchups. It's some people got hurt this week by not starting certain players, but make sure you play the matchup. Uh, to go to Wembley Stadium over there in London. The Jaguars should just move to London. They, they've won the past three <laughs> times. They've, pl- they've played there the past five years. I know they signed a deal, but the last three games they've played, they've won. Um, mind you, I woke up early on Sunday, and I had no idea. I completely forgot the game was on, so that was a nice little treat. I'm sure there were some people out there like like me that completely forgot that was a game that early. <laughs> well, well Sundays, Sundays when there's games in London, it's... For, on the East Coast, it's 9.30, 1, 4.30, 8.30. Like, it's li- like there's football all day. Every awesome. every hour of the day, basically. From the time you wake up, or, you know, depending on what time you wake up, but from that time until you go to sleep, there is football on. It's it's fantastic. I love it. And then if you live where I live in Texas, they start a lot earlier. 
So that's, that's true. Great. You're right. You're right. Not a lot earlier, just an hour. I mean, it's not, it's not a lot. It's an hour. Just an hour. Yeah. Hey, an hour makes makes a big difference. This game was interesting. I I I was I was I was coming back from Chicago. So as I landed, um, I turned on my phone, and at this point, it was like 11:30 Eastern time. So it's about or yeah, about 11:30 Eastern time. And I was expecting to see, you know, Baltimore up like 14-7 or something of that nature. I, and I opened my phone, it's like 37 nothing, And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I thought my phone was broken. I really I really did. I was like, there must be something wrong with ESPN. Um, which there, which but, there tends to be sometimes, ESPN app. <laughs> I, hey, Bortles took care of the football against a very good defense, made them look foolish. There's really not much to say about this game other than the fact that Jacksonville's offense looked good. Yeah, Marquise, Leonard Fournette didn't even play that much. <laughs> Marquise Lee, Alan Hearns, both did good. One had a touchdown, the other one had just more receptions. So, um, yeah, that's how it's going to be on. Right. Yeah, that's how it's going to be on a weekly basis. One of them is going to get the touchdown. One of them is going to have more receptions and yards. It's just how it's going to be. Alan Hearns, Marquise Lee are going to both put up ten points or so per week. One other guy I would actually really like to also touch up on that some people are probably going to jump the waiver wire for is Mercedes Lewis. I would proceed with a lot of caution on this one. Chances, there's no way he has a three-touchdown game anytime soon, let alone this season. I'm talking about in the future. But we, we see this a, we've seen this a lot from Blake Bortles. He'll throw to Mercedes Lewis two, three games. He'll get a lot of attention, and then you will not even – hear mercedes lewis's name for five six games at all so just proceed very cautiously oh, yeah, because the last first two games of the season he had a whopping zero receptions for zero yards and zero touchdowns <laughs> so there's that um <laughs> yeah he's not a, he's not a relevant tight end please do not think he is i i know you know there's no really no tight ends on the roster that are worth taking but We've seen this before, and we'll see it again. A guy who has a huge week and the waiver wire blows up for him. Don't do it. Uh, I'd rather see you, from this game, actually, I'd rather you go see go, go see people get Corey Grant. Um, I think Corey Grant is, I mean, I think he saw a lot of time because they were up by so much, and they didn't want to use Leonard Fournette because there was no reason at that point. But I think he's more of a relevant fantasy player than, than Mercedes Lewis will be. It was a great game for him. Three touchdowns, awesome there's been a running back merry-go-round, whatever you want to call it, tilt-a-whirl, anything crazy going on in Cincinnati. Joe Mixon, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, who's who's the main guy? This week was a little bit a, a little bit happier probably for Joe Mixon fans and owners. 18 carries, 62 yards, three catches, 39 yards. I led the backfield <laughs> in touches. Do you believe in this now? Jeremy Hill got eight touches. It's Geo only got five, but it's not the fact. I, I don't know. For me, it's not the fact that I didn't believe in him. It's it's Marvin Lewis is one, and two is the fact that they fired their offensive coordinator. We saw this in Detroit uh, two years ago, or yeah, when Jim Bob Cooter became the offensive coordinator, and you saw Matt Stafford's stats go up, you saw Golden Tate's stats go up. So I think it's it it's a change of scenery. Not so much a scenery, but of a, of a coaching situation, and it feels like scenery because wow, we finally see the offense coming together with new, you know, new play calling, and that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see Joe Mixon become part of this uh, of that situation. I think he's going to be playing way more than he has been, and they need it because Cincinnati's 0 and 3. I mean, this was a team that people thought could be, you know, a decent team in the uh, AFC North, but they haven't been. They've looked brutal and. 
the best way to get that started is a guy who can just take over. And I think Joe Mixon is that player. Starting him as my running back two or my flex. They should have beat the Packers. <laughs> they could have beat the Packers this past weekend, but, I mean, Aaron's just being Aaron. Yeah, best quarterback of all time. So, there's that. <laughs> State, State Farm would agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but, and we actually have him on a team together, but I'm starting to get a little scared and worried about LaShawn McCoy. What are the Buffalo Bills doing? Say it ain't so, yeah. LaShawn. <laughs> but but I'm not going to – I don't want to sit him. No, and I don't think you can. You can't, I feel like, yes, exactly. I was just going to say that. You can't sit him just yet. For fantasy purposes, he hasn't been terrible. That's the problem. He's been – in the passing game, he's relevant. I mean, he could be worse. He hasn't been great, but he's looked as good as Le'Veon Bell has. 18 catches, um, 131 so, yards from the season. Right, that's the thing. is He's he's relevant in the passing game, which makes him more relevant to me. Um, when he's getting seven catches in a game, it's in a PPR especially. If this is standard, if you play in a standard league, it's not going to help you as much because you you got about six points from him if you if you started him in a standard league. But if you started in a PPR league, you're getting those seven extra points. It's not even so much the 1.5 yards per carry because unfortunately, almost every running back will have a situation and a game that you know when that of happens. Of course, of course. But yeah, but to me, it's though it's the 11 carries that Mike Tolbert got. You know, LaShawn McCoy only had 14, and Mike Tolbert had 11. I just, maybe it was a change of pace kind of thing. Well, first of all, Mike Tolbert is a slow pace, if, if you were wondering. And he looks uncomfortable um, when he runs the ball. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, McCoy, McCoy will get it together, but I think the Buffalo Bills have to give him the, the ball for that to happen. You have to entrust him running the ball and in the passing game, and he'll be fine. Um, but if he shows another week or two of this, I might be a little bit more leery. Is this Mike Gillisley so. all over again, but with Mike Tolbert now? No. I really, I really. Because hope, that situation. I, I, yeah. I don't really relate the the Mike Gillisley situation with the Mike Tolbert one. That one was more touchdown based, and the fact that he was taking away touchdowns uh, from Lashawn McCoy. This one's more touch based. Yeah. It's really weird. I wasn't expecting this to be the case. Well, I also wasn't expecting the Bills to to drop and cut Jonathan Williams. So I guess anything is possible with this team. But I think they're a team that I thought was trying to tank. I really did. I thought they were going to try to tank this year. But 2-1, and one, uh, it's kind of weird. Looking decent. Um, and they're doing it without their best player. Yeah. Like, they're doing it without their best player performing the way he should be performing. So I'm not really worried. But my risk meter at this point is probably around a 3 or 4. Um, it could be worse. But I'm, it's something I'm going to monitor. Larry Fitzgerald, one of the best receivers of all time. Absolutely torched my Cowboys secondary last night. He had a monster game. Third all-time on receptions. Fourth is my buddy, Mr. Jason Witten. That's pretty awesome for a tight end. Well, actually, there's one ahead of him. It's Tony Gonzalez, who's number two. So that's pretty yeah. That's pretty cool. Two out of the top four are tight ends. Yeah, the two tight, the two of the best three tight. We're living through a, a time where the three best tight ends of all time are pl- played: Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Antonio Jason Gates. Witten. Oh, yep. And then some of the best receivers too, including Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> that, that that game was a little interesting. The ca- I couldn't believe how it started. Did you watch any of it? I watched like the first half, give or take. Yeah, it, I didn't really watch all of it. Cowboys but I saw enough. Started off a little slow. 
It was like the they Car- were and Cardinals just it, ran down the field. First drive, boom, touchdown. Second time, boom, all the way down. Phil Dawson, missed field goal. Missed field goal. Yeah, like a thirty yard, <laughs> a thirty yard field goal. I think it was. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Sorry, Phil. But Fitzgerald was just amazing. I mean, last week he struggled a lot. I mean, he he put up what three receptions? I think in twenty yards. It wasn't it wasn't a good week. I can tell you that. Um, but to have 13 receptions on 15 targets is just absurd. It's the fact that they also have no one who can catch the ball. I mean, true. Jerron Brown, eh. Jermaine Gresham, Andre Ellington. It's a guy. It's all guys who are really subpar at best. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious that Fitzgerald is going to be relevant in this offense. But I didn't think he was going to be this relevant. I mean, thirteen receptions for one hundred forty nine yards is really really good. And a touchdown. I mean, PPR nonetheless too. Yeah, the standard. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, that's a thirty five yard uh, thirty five point game in PPR. So, am I going to expect this every week? No, but it's because the Cowboys are not the best defense. No. So. Fitzgerald, a great game, but he he's a must start, obviously. But I just I think he's the, one of the best receivers of all time. But I don't think he's going to put up these games um, going forward. Larry Fitzgerald actually at this point might be a trade high candidate. I was actually so. just going to say that if you have him, trade him right now. Are you worried about my <laughs> buddy Dez? Without that touchdown, without him basically barreling over half the Cardinals defense to try and get that touchdown. He he only had two catches, and one of them was that touchdown. So last week he had seven catches. Um, the first week he had two catches. What's what's going on? What's going on with Dak? And Witten Witten did nothing last night either. Well, the thing is, is Dak looks fantastic. I don't I don't care who who the thing, that's what to. sucks. I don't care. I don't care that he has 183 yards. I really that that doesn't phase me. Um, I know it phases fantasy owners. Of course, and it probably course it does. should because you want 300 yards. But you know. Dak is just an incredible, incredible play caller. I mean, he's he looks great out there. I, I mean, he is one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he's going to have games like this where he's not going to put up a ton of yards, but that's because he's a smart player. He he analyzes the situation correctly, and he goes from there. And I think if you're going to you know hope for you know 300 yards and three touchdowns, it's not going to happen as much as you want. Um, but Dez is going to pay the price for it. Dez's touchdown is mostly because of his offensive line pushing him into the end zone. I was never high on Dez this year, and I probably won't be even going forward because him and Dak just don't seem to have that same Tony Romo, um, Des Bryant yeah. chemistry. And I don't think it's something that's going to – it's not something you're going to build in a season and a half. It's just not. Ah, uh, God, I don't know. I, I like I like Dez. And I think if, if, you're, if you have a good wide receiver core right now – I would buy low on him. Yeah, exactly. Like if you have a stable, you know, wide receiver core, I would have no problem trying to trade for Dez at this point with the hopes he returns to form. But I'm not sure I'm sold on him returning to form. He's a great wide receiver. I just don't think he fits um, what they're trying to do on offense, which is run the ball and make smart passes. It's not a it's not a running gun offense anymore. Thirteen of eighteen for 183 yards. That was it last night. That's very efficient. Yeah, and it's not it's not statistically sexy. No, not at all, not at all. He still did get twenty two like twenty two fantasy points around there, and they won. Uh, there's there's just not many pickups this week. Um, funny enough, the ones that we're actually going to discuss though, are they're all from the NFC East. Tight end Vernon Davis 
to me, it's not much of a shock, actually, because if you look at his stats last year when Jordan Reed didn't play, he was very fantasy relevant. I would have no problem with starting him. And he showed us, like, somewhat of the of the Vernon Davis of old the other night against the Oakland Raiders. It's it's more the fact that I don't trust Jordan Reed's health and to, to have, you know, a quarterback who targets the tight end as much as Kirk does, it's... I think it's a no-brainer to pick up Vernon Davis if he's not already picked up. 558 uh, and a touchdown, I'll take it. He looked good out there. Awesome he looked game. not so much like the Vernon Davis of old, but he looked very good out there. He did. And he's a very important part of that offense, and they are going to need him going forward, especially if Jordan Reed is down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely a, a, a definitely a, a big proponent of picking up Vernon Davis because unfortunately Jordan Reed is a He's an injury flight uh, flight risk. So, <laughs> moving on to New Jersey, you can still call him the New York Football Giants. Sterling Shepard. Chances are he could be off the waiver in your league, but if he's not, I would go get him. I personally am not because I do not like New York Giants on my teams. But if you are out there, <laughs> I I would get him. Be would you be a little cautious with starting him? Because you take away that one huge catch that he had, that big bomb, he had a decent game. It was what a 60, yeah. 70 yard run. I think that I would be minorly cautious. The only thing I would say is that all three of their top receivers, uh, Beckham, which we'll talk about his situation. Well, I want to touch on that after this. Um, Sterling Shepard had 10 targets. Yep. Odell Beckham had 13 targets and Marshall had 11 targets. So for me, that's huge because the three of them combined for 34, 34, sorry, I had to do math, 34 targets total. And that's, that's big. You know, Eli finally looks like a, you know, a good quarterback again. And the offense looked like it was flowing. So for me, it's a little bit of caution, a, a little bit of cautiousness, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with starting him as, as a, as a flex option. For me, he would be my wide receiver three flex. Even if he doesn't get those seven, you know, he's not going to put up 134 yards every game. But even if he gets you that, you know, a line of like five, six, and five, five and sixty, that's 11 points in a PPR league from your flex, and I'm fine with that. So it's all about the target share, and if he's going to be getting a third of that target share, then I'm sold. And the Giants cannot run the football, so I guess that that all makes sense. That Eli would be throwing yeah. the ball 40 times a game now, and <laughs> yeah, most, and, most and of those get, targets right. go to Sterling Shepard. If the three of them combine for, you know, 75% of the target share, and Beckham's always going to have a little bit more of that target share, I'm okay with that, and I'm okay with the fact that Evan Ingram and, and say, Shane Vereen are part of the other 25%. But if Sterling Shepard's role starts to shrink more, and it's not, you know, he's not competing for receptions with Brandon Marshall because finally Marshall has a good game, then I'd be cautious. But I don't see that happening. I think they love Shepard. I think he's... he's a very talented wide receiver and I think him and Eli have a good chemistry. So for me right now, I'm okay with starting him. Would you, would you look at Evan Ingram actually as like maybe a flyer tight end? He's getting, he's getting some love. If you, if you had, I I don't think he's a flyer at this point. I would start him. Oh, wow. I I do start him actually on my team. (laughs) I do because he's, he's pretty, he's been pretty consistent with his numbers for the first three weeks of the season. Our last guy in the NFC East, 
Wendell Smallwood, someone who was potentially on the roster bubble in preseason. Uh, who knows what was going to happen? Then Darren Sproles has an awful, awful injury. Is Wendell Smallwood the guy to pick up? I think that he is definitely the guy. I wouldn't start him. I would definitely stash him on my bench, though, if I had the spot. Well, Blunt was the interesting one because Blunt last week had, what, nothing, right? He had no carries. He was Uh, basically irrelevant. Pretty much. And then, yeah, and then this past week, you know, 67 yards on 12 carries is pretty damn good. And so for that reason only, I would just be cautious because I don't know what the Eagles want to do. I I don't know what their whole end game is when it comes to the run game. But Wendell Smallwood, to me, is an average running back that has a perfect situation. He has um, a decent offensive line. He has a role to fill with with Darren Sproles now out. And he has LeGarrette Blunt, who's an aging average back. So I think just based on opportunity alone, he's definitely worth picking up using some of those free agent dollars, pick him up, stash him, see how he performs over the next week or two, and then you take, you know, you make your decision from there. But I would just be cautious with him. I wouldn't say he's a he's a must-start or he's even a consideration at this point. I would just be cautious and see how he performs over the next two weeks. All right, that wraps up our week three in review. We discussed some of the games, some big players, finally some big guys stepping up after spending some serious draft capital on them. Our next episode will cover the week four and uh, a little preview of some big players to start, some players to sit, and the games and you know, as a whole. Uh, for all you listeners out there, just know that if you have any questions, any concerns, anything you want to send us, whether it's you know a, a situation going on in your personal league, you want to leave us a review, have at it. Go on iTunes, leave us a review, send us an email. We are at the fan, we are at the fantasyfam at gmail.com. Send us anything you want. You know, if you just love the show, let us know. If you you know want us to change something up, if you want us to add something, whatever it is, we are here to soup the listener, and we want to know. We want to have feedback on what you guys think is the best uh, show possible and we will do the best to provide you with the best show possible. Uh, So on behalf of um, Anthony and myself, this is the Fantasy Fam signing off.